there are so many folks with type 1 diabetes out there who have no idea what good diabetes management looks like. Or worse, they think they know, and they think they know what they should expect from themselves, but they're wrong. And usually, they're wrong because their expectations for themselves are way too high. On this episode of the podcast, we're talking to Ernie. Ernie is a former high school teacher, and Ernie's making the mistake that so many of us with type 1 diabetes make. We look at our metrics with type 1 diabetes, and we compare them to grades in school. We say to ourselves, if I'm not getting over 90%, if my time in range is not over 90%, I'm doing something wrong because I'm not getting an A, and I want to get an A in diabetes. What we have to learn is that the metrics with diabetes are not the same as they are in school. 90% time in range is just not realistic. And if you're able to set your expectations appropriately and see that you're actually doing really well, that's gonna reduce your anxiety, reduce the emotional burden, and give you the freedom in your life with type 1 diabetes that you're looking for. Welcome to the Live Free with T1D podcast, brought to you by the Diabetes Psychologist. This is the only podcast that coaches you through a five-step plan for how to manage the stress of type 1 diabetes. We do this by helping you build the critical parts of your diabetes management like a sailboat. You are the captain. The hull of the boat is your diabetes knowledge and management. The sails are your mindset. The rudder is your behavior. And your crew is your support system. If you build the five parts of your sailboat correctly, you'll find smooth sailing with diabetes. Each week, I coach someone with T1D just like you on how to optimize their sailboat. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. And on this episode of the podcast, we're focusing on the hull, and that is your diabetes knowledge. Your diabetes knowledge is so important to your emotional health with type 1 diabetes, because if you don't understand what diabetes is and how it's managed, you're going to feel lost. You're going to have a hard time keeping your head above water, and you may even feel like you're drowning. In this episode, I talked to Ernie about his expectations around his diabetes management. And we use diabetes education to help him to reframe his mindset and make him feel more comfortable with how he is managing his diabetes. If you're always feeling like you're not doing good enough in your diabetes management, you're going to love today's episode. Ernie, thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you here and look forward to talking to you about your challenges with time and range and also eating right. Thank you. Good, good to be here. But before we get started, I want to hear a little bit about you and your life with diabetes. So can you tell us a little bit about when you were diagnosed and, you know, what your cha- what your challenges in life have been like since your diagnosis? Okay, well, I didn't have any diabetes until age 57. And um, they thought I was type 2 at first. And uh, my doctor said, well, there's not a whole lot we can do for you guys because I was already a good weight and active. In fact, the nurse at the doctor's office said, Ernie, um, you should start an exercise program. And I said, well, I already ran 50 miles this week. What else would you like me to do? (laughs) So, um, you know, she wasn't really familiar with me. But, um, so, yeah, I'm 73 now. So I've had diabetes since age 57. I think I produced a little bit of insulin when I was diagnosed. But um, the tests show I don't I don't produce any measurable amount of insulin, and uh, I w- I wear a pump and a continuous glucose monitor, w- which is very helpful. 
Um, sometimes I have problems with infusion sites occasionally. Yeah. Um, well, being diagnosed at 57, that must have been a challenging tra transition for you, going from not having diabetes for 57 years to all of a sudden now having to take injections, check your blood sugar, and pay attention to all of the things that we have to pay attention to people with diabetes. Was that a challenge for you? Yeah, and at, and at first I just went to my family physician, um, but I decided I should see an endocrinologist. And um, I don't think my family physician was real happy about that, but I think it was a good call. And, and I, I liked the endocrinologist I, I had. Since then, he retired, but I have another very good endocrinologist that I see uh, twice a year. Yeah, and, uh, well, it's interesting that your doctor wasn't happy with you going to see an endocrinologist. I mean, diabetes is a fairly specialized disease, especially type 1, and not having the specialized resources and not having him be happy about that, that just seems a little bit strange. Yeah, he just said, well, there, there's different approaches and different treatments or... But, you know, I started to read about it, and <laughs> I decided I should see a specialist. Yeah. So how are you doing right now? What are what are the biggest challenges that you're experiencing in your diabetes management, in your mental health, and how are you doing right now? Because it seems like you're an active guy. And so tell me about life with diabetes today, and where, what, are the, what are the strengths and what are the weaknesses right now? Um, I would like to be in, in range. Um, and I think the... I think the range is like 70 to 180. 180 seems like a little high to me, mm -hmm. but okay. um, some, sometimes I'm over 200 and even a, even occasionally like 250 or something. Mm -hmm. My last A1C was, it's been about 5.6. Okay. But of course, that, that's only an average. So, yeah. you know, I've been, I've been low, I've been high. I just looked at the Dextime Clarity report for the last 90 days, and I think I'm in range like 82%. But okay, um, it does bother me. It does bother me when I'm when I'm over 200. Sometimes that might be an infusion set yeah. problem or something like that. But um, so Ernie, and, let me let, let me ask. So, Ernie, let me ask you this. You said that you're, you know, you're 82% time in range. And I think that most people listening to this podcast are going to be like, wow, that's, that's amazing. I wish I could get that close. I wish I could get that close to 82% 80, time in range. But I wonder for you, when you see that number on your desktop clarity report or on your um, glucose monitor, what about 82 doesn't feel like it's good enough or that you want to be higher than that? Yeah, I'd like to be better than that, and oh. I guess it wouldn't. I I guess I'd be okay with it if I just was pretty much never over two hundred. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, so let's let's dig into that a little bit more. When you're over two hundred, what's so bad about that for you? Why why is being over two hundred challenging? When you when you see that number, how do you feel? How do you react? Um. Well. I, I don't feel bad. I mm -hmm. I don't have any symptoms that I know of. But I guess, it, you know, all these conditions that can develop from diabetes, like diabetic retinopathy and mm -hmm. kidney failure, 
um, neuropathy. Uh-huh. Those kind of things scare me. And um, because I am very active, I, I'm afraid I might not be able to do the things I like to do. Okay. So if, when you see that number over 200, it, it just scares you and makes, you, makes your mind race to the future about what could happen. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. How often are you over 200? Um, I'd say several times a week. Okay. Okay. And when, when you are over 200, how long does that last for? Usually when that happens, if, if I can, I, I take a walk. Mm-hmm. I go to the Y or I have a bike in the basement on the stand. Uh-huh. Um, I usually try to do some, I might take more insulin also, but, um, a combination of all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I hardly ever sit around if I see that. I mean, I just want to get it down. Yeah. So. That, that anxiety kicks in for you and you want to, you want to feel better. It sounds like you don't feel better. You don't feel bad physically, but you want to feel better emotionally because that number just makes you anxious and makes your mind race to the future. Yep, that's it. Yeah. What would happen for you? How would life be better for you if your time in range was, let's say, 95%? Would you feel different? Would you feel different emotionally? Would you feel different physically? Right now, I'm no, because right now I'm able to do everything that I want to do. So Okay. I'll, I'll admit I might be, even my uh, former endocrinologist said I might be I don't know if he said it this way, but he thought I might be overreacting. Yeah. And that and that when I was high, I was never high for very long. Mm-hmm. So um, they weren't too worried about it at all. It was me that was worried about it. Yeah. So um, sort of irrational, I guess. Well, let's talk about that. So I think I want to focus in, 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 a, in a conversation today on two different areas. One is on just some education for you and for the listeners about time and range and A1C and what is, you know, what is healthy? Because that's, that's the question that we have. We, we all want to stay healthy in our, in our lives with diabetes. We want to be able to ride our bike. I know that you're a active guy. You, you ran marathons in the past and maybe in, maybe in the future, who knows? And the thought of having diabetes get in, that, get in our way, especially the physical aspects of diabetes, is, is scary and really triggers anxiety. It makes us all really not excited about the future because we're not excited about the possibility of being sick in the future. However, I think that it's important to recognize that for many of us, you know, being in uh Having A1C that's not in the diabetes range, which it sounds like yours is, is not. If if, if you're you were to if you were to see your A1C kind of in in this in the um, sea of other people with a, other people in the world who don't have diabetes, you would fit right in. Uh, Five point six is right on the right on the cusp of diabetes uh, the, the diabetes range. So you're doing amazingly well. My my A1C is nowhere near that. Um, but I think that we feel that if we're not in the non-diabetes range, that's, that sometimes something wrong with us, that one, we're doing something wrong and we could, could be working harder. And also that we're in some sort of danger. And the research shows that if your A1C is below 6.5%, that your risk of developing complications is actually very, very low. Um, it's when you get over 7% where the risk of de- developing complications gets higher. 
Um, right. So I want to want to just let kind of level set there. What we don't as we're moving to a new measurement of time and range. So um, we're we still don't have good evidence about what um, good time and range is. However, based on the research that we do have, which is fairly strong, a time and range of above 70% is really good. And above 80% is amazingly good. And the risk of complications from that is, is low. And we also know that even if your blood sugar goes high, 200, even 300, but it goes high for just a little bit of time, that doesn't increase your risk of complications at all. It's it's when your blood sugar goes high for a long period of time. So you're over 200 for, let's call it, you know, three, four days at a time or a week at a time or a month at a time. That's where the, the, the danger and the risk really increases, which is hard for us to conceptualize because, you know, when we're in school, if we get a 70% or even an 80% on a test, that's not doing so good. You know, you want right. to get a, you got to get a 90%. But in di- in the diabetes world, it's actually you're actually doing really really well. And so it's a different a different mindset, which for many of us is hard to wrap our heads around because we all want to be doing perfectly. And as I'm sure you know, with diabetes, perfection is maybe a goal, but certainly not possible. And when we when we try to be perfect, we end up setting ourselves up for failure. <laughs> so, but that but that's really a, 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 it's both an it's an education issue of how do we strengthen the whole of your boat with the education so that you feel that you're steady here, that you know that, okay, when I see those numbers, it means that actually when my mind goes to I'm doing really poorly, it actually means I'm actually doing really well. And recognizing that you may be overreacting, which is a natural thing to do, I think is an important step in that process. As you hear me tell, as you hear me say that, what, what, what thoughts come to your mind? Well, I like that example of, um, the seventy percent, um, like on a a score on from school. I I taught school for thirty eight years. Okay, so, so I related yeah. to that to that comment. But um, I, and I'm sure you had students come into your classroom and say, you know, Mister Richmond, I I I need you to do better on this test. And you say, well, okay, you need <laughs> you know uh, you know you said you know seventy five percent to passing grade, uh, but I want to get an A. And so that that desire to always do better, even when it's not possible or not necessary, is there for us in our in our mindset. You know, the thing about A1C, though, I always think it, it's only an average. So if I was taking a math class and I got mm-hmm. three A's and three F's, you know, I might get a C in the class, mm-hmm. but I got three F's. I certainly missed something. <laughs> so, yes, um, you're absolutely right. So, I, and and that's one of the disadvantages of A1C, and 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 the reason why in the world of diabetes we're actually really moving away from A1C and talking more about time and range, which because that gives you a much better picture of what's going on for you over seven days, thirty days, ninety days with your blood sugars, and if you can see that okay, that you're in range eighty five percent of the time, and then. Ten percent of the time you're 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 high, and five percent of the time you're low. That gives you some information that you can actually work with to improve the A one C test. It, it doesn't give you much information besides this is your average, and so you're right. If you have, you can be three hundred half the time and fifty half the time, and have an A one C that's you know decently good. But right. we all know that if that's if that's what your blood sugar looks like, both you don't feel well physically, but also mentally, you're going to be in a tailspin. So. 
I think I would encourage you as you're as you're going along here is to to recognize that 85% from an education point of view is actually really good. And then then looking at your highs and lows and seeing, you know, where what are some areas where I can make changes in my diet, exercise, insulin dosing that could be helpful for you. I talk to people with type 1 diabetes every day. And every day is clear to me that people with T1D need a plan. They need a plan to follow to manage the emotional burden of living with diabetes. Without a plan to manage the stress, life with diabetes is overwhelming. You feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose and you have no idea how to feel steady on your feet and find the peace of mind you're looking for. You feel like diabetes takes away your freedom to live a normal life. A plan to manage the emotional burden of T1D is very simple. There are five frameworks you need to know. And if you know these five frameworks, you have a plan for how to deal with any stress diabetes throws your way. With this plan, you'll be clear about what you're doing right now and what you need to do next. That's exactly what you get when you join Live Free with T1D. At Live Free with T1D, I coach you to manage the stress of type 1 diabetes like a sailboat. You are the captain. The whole of the boat is your diabetes knowledge and management. The sails are your mindset, the rudder is your behavior, and your crew is your support system. If you build the five parts of your sailboat correctly, you'll be sailing smoothly with type 1 diabetes. All of that is part of the plan that's available to you when you join Live Free with T1D. Plus, as part of Live Free with T1D, I host a live coaching event every month where you get access to me and have the opportunity to ask me questions and even get personalized coaching. To join Live Free with T1D, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. Join other people with type 1 diabetes just like you who have a plan to find peace of mind and freedom in their lives with type 1 diabetes. Have you noticed any patterns for yourself where you're higher or lower at certain times of day or after certain meals? Yeah, it seems to be changing all the time. Okay. <laughs> I mean, lately it's been after lunch. I've mm-hmm. been, been higher. and Sometimes I was skipping lunch. And um, but then I would eat more in the evening, and um, I did see this nutritionist at the YMCA, and mm-hmm. I learned learned some new recipes. She was very good, and um, but she really thought I should be eating lunch, <laughs> so I wouldn't, <laughs> uh, you know, be too hungry later on. But I don't know. It's, I now I'm eating lunch, and I'm still eating too much in the evening. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's working for me or not, but. Yeah. Well, so let, let, let's shift from talking about your the education part of your A1C and time and range, where it sounds like, you know, doing really well to your mindset there. Because I, even though I can tell you to my face, till I'm blue in the face that you're doing really well, it, it's you have to you have to be able to um, catch that. It still may make you feel anxious having those high blood sugars because high blood sugars are frustrating. The unpredictability is frustrating. And so you may still be feeling anxious when you see those highs, even though you know in your head that they're perfectly safe or they're they're not putting you in any danger. And so part of this process for you, Ernie, is going to be 
finding ways to change your mindset. So we can't change the fact of where your blood sugars are, and we can't really change the fact of what comes in your mind and your and your emotions when you see those high numbers. Maybe over time, but not in the immediate short term. But what we can do, help you do is to reframe and to catch those thoughts and help and use them to help you as opposed to use them to fuel your anxiety. And so, so I want to ask you, when you see those numbers, what are the thoughts and the emotions that come into your, your, your mind? It sounds like one, one of them is anxiety and thinking about the future and what, what's possible or not possible in the future for you because of the numbers. Anything else? Well... Yeah, sometimes I might get a little angry because, you know, I th- I think I'm really trying and mm-hmm. doing most things right. And um, part of it's just not even understanding why my blood glucose is low or high or, mm-hmm. you know, out of range e- either way. Yeah. Um, when I'm, I may have had the exact same meal the day before and was fine. And then another time, it's not worth, you know, I'm way too high or something. Even, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't identify the, um, all the factors involved in the, in the reading. So it, it, it makes it more frustrating to know what to do mm-hmm. if I don't know how I got there. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, and, and I, as a teacher, and when your students come into your classroom and say, Mr. Richmond, I don't understand why I didn't do well on this test, you could probably go back and say, well, you got this this question wrong, or maybe you did this, this equation wrong, or you didn't answer it in this way, and that's why you didn't do well enough. And so you, you, ha- you always have an explanation as to what's going on. With diabetes, it doesn't always work that way. You know, there's all, there's, right. there's, there's, there's a, a level of variability and unpredictability that no matter how much we, we, we want to control it, sometimes we simply can't. And I want to, I think part of the mindset for you is recognizing and accepting that there are things in, about diabetes that you can influence. There are things that you can control. And there are things that may be completely out of your control. And Knowing the differences between those and being willing to accept that, but also dive into the things you can control, um, look at the things you can influence and try to influence them, but the things you can't control, um, not trying to control them. And that really is a mindset shift from a point where we as humans like to control things and like to know why things are happening. Because if we know why something is happening, we can fix it next time. If we don't know, it makes us feel very out of control and off kilter with our diabetes management. One of the, one of the things I noticed it was a, that I think is one variable is um, I go to a lot of meetings mm-hmm. and and I I don't really feel under stress, but sometimes at these um, meetings, well, one first of all, I'm sitting more than I mm-hmm. usually do. Mm-hmm. So that could make the blood sugar go up. But I think if I have to give a report or something of that nature, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about that, even though I don't feel the stress, um, I think maybe that might be a factor because even even without eating anything, mm-hmm. my blood sugar goes up. And yeah. I don't really want to avoid all those meetings because 
um, I'm interested in those uh, organizations that I belong to, and um, I'm in the I'm in the Lions Club, so I go to mm-hmm. a lot of Lions Club meetings. I, I'm actually the diabetes chair for our Lions district, so I I go to different Lions clubs and I do presentations about diabetes. I I found out some people even with diabetes don't under don't even understand the disease at all or know the difference between type one or type two or yeah um, a lot of people think when you go low you take insulin <laughs> you should be taking insulin and i don't know yeah well you have, mis- some, you have some strength to be able to educate people but i think that that's your mind that's your mindset is recognizing that and coming to a place of acceptance that there may be some things about diabetes and your blood sugars today that you will never be able to understand why they're happening. And mm-hmm. going to a point where you're able to try to understand it, but then recognizing that, okay, I just can't, I can't figure this out. And actually trying to figure out is making it worse. It's, it's increasing my stress. It's been, it's making me spend more time thinking about it. And so coming to a place where you can say, okay, I recognize I don't know what why my blood sugar is high or low right now, or why after lunch this is happening. I'm going to lean on the experts, but I'm also going to um, take a deep breath and accept that sometimes I may not know, even though for me and for you, that's not comfortable. And recognizing the, the, the discomfort and accepting it rather than trying to control it and going down a rabbit hole of trying to figure things out, which is taking time away from the things that you enjoy doing, your exercise, your activity, your Lions Club meetings. And that's an important mindset shift for many of us is, you know, identifying the things that we have control over, which is our behavior, um, identifying the things we have influence over, which are our blood sugars, and and then identifying things we have no control over, which is when our blood sugars go randomly high or low um, on certain days for no good reason. And Recognizing that's part of life with diabetes, unfortunately, and, you know, definitely taking time to manage your diabetes, but also taking time to recognize that it's not always going to make sense and that's okay. And the cost of trying to, the cost of trying to understand it when it's not understandable may be pretty high for you and taking a step back when that happens and saying, okay, I'm going to shift my mindset to saying I'm doing a pretty good job overall. And today is a little bit of an aberration. And things are going to be okay. And then, and that, because that's a mindset shift as opposed to saying, I have to be perfect every day. And if things are not perfect today, that means it's going to be, go downhill from here. And I think that you have good evidence to show that that's actually not the case for you. That even if you have a 200 today, that mean, doesn't mean that tomorrow you're going to. And that the rest of the week, you're still in range 80, 85% of the time. So I think that might, might help you as you're thinking about it. And also recognizing that, as you mentioned before, that you may be overreacting. That recognition is actually a really important part of that process of changing your mindset. Mm-hmm. So one thing I would encourage you to do is, is if you want to increase your time and range, um, which I don't think is necessary, is you can actually change the settings on your Dexcom or on your pump to be more... Um, more tighter and so yeah that was my next thought yeah and i have i have a upcoming appointment i think thursday uh, i think tomorrow (laughs) with my endocrinologist so 
Yeah, if there's if there's some patterns, I'm sure maybe they'll because I I they uh, they have the ability to see my my readings. I share that with them. And, but, uh, but as you're going to that appointment and thinking about what you want to talk to your doctor about, I would encourage you to do some reflection about your mindset and seeing is 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 are the returns that I'll be getting by increasing my time and range worth the effort? And mm-hmm. they may be, they may not be. That's really up to you. But that's a it's a matter of knowing what's going on and what what is what is uh, putting you at risk and what's not, and then making decisions into how much effort you want to put into it. And that is a mindset shift that only you can make. So I'd encourage you to do some reflection on that um, before going to that appointment to see is it worth the time, effort, and energy that it'll take, or will that be distracting me from the things that I really want to be doing in my life? I I have a feeling though that um they're gonna see some of my lows too and they're gonna want to decrease my insulin part of the time they make make some adjustments in my pump yeah but, well uh, if if they do that 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 may be helpful for you in increasing your time and range and also not having so many lows so um it's a, right. a, a a great observation so before I go to it, I just want to recap what we talked about in terms of how we can help you to um, both change your mindset, but also um, set reasonable expectations for yourself around your diabetes. So we talked about diabetes education, making sure that you understand, you know, what a good A1C is and also what time and range means and how you're actually doing a really good job with your time and range. And certainly there's always room for improvement, but, you know, being, being content and congratulating yourself for the hard work you're putting in because it's clear that it's paying off. Um, which really leads into the mindset shift is, is seeing, you know, be able to sh- let, let yourself know that you're doing a good job, um, even though sometimes, especially when those blood sugars are on the high side, it doesn't feel that way. And, you know, giving yourself some grace there and seeing that your blood sugars in this in this context don't equal a grading school and, and the grading system is actually very, very different. And that mindset shift can really empower you to and help you to. Uh, feel better about yourself and give yourself some grace so you can really spend the time doing the things that you want to be able to do in your life um, without letting diabetes get in your way. So Ernie, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was a helpful conversation and I hope that you're able to take some of these things we talked about and put them into action. Yeah, I I definitely have some things to think about and um, I make a pretty strong effort to, to keep up my reading about diabetes and I'm in a diabetes support group and amazing. Uh, I have a great, I have a great family and uh, they're, they're very supportive. In fact, I might not even be here today because um, I did have one incident a couple of months ago and um, all of a sudden I looked up from the dining room table and the, there's four paramedics there and I, glucose IV in my arm. <laughs> I didn't even know any yeah. any of that happened. And wow. I was being real really careful. I was making dinner and mm-hmm. my blood glucose was like 80. And all of a sudden I guess it was 36. I don't know how that happened. You know, and wow. sometimes the 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 readings aren't necessarily accurate. Maybe I wasn't really 80. <laughs> When I took yeah. insulin for the meal, I don't know. But well, I'm, I'm I'm glad you're doing well right now. Yeah, I'm good. At the end of each podcast episode, I give you a plan of action that you can use right now to help you reduce the emotional burden of type one diabetes. 
And today's plan of action is very simple. Talk to your endocrinologist or your diabetes educator about what your timing range should be. What are reasonable expectations for you for your timing range? I have a feeling that the number might surprise you, and you may realize you're a lot closer to that time and range than you think you are. If you don't have an appointment right now on the books with your educator or your endocrinologist, send them an email and just ask them. I'm sure they'll respond, and I'm positive this information will be extremely valuable for you as you work to manage your diabetes. Thanks so much for joining me on the Live Free with T1D podcast where I teach you how to build your diabetes management plan like a sailboat, so you can have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.